Hey, yo, what's good, everybody? We're back again. It's first smoke of the day. It's your boy, Pack here in the building. I'm here with my co-host, Blackleaf, as always. Smoking. And we're here with the boys for the network show, man. What's good, fellas? What's we got up, Shay, boys? Mikey, and Nam good, in the good. building, man. How you guys doing? Good, man. Excited to be here with you boys. Hell yeah. You guys got it lit. Doing great. Nothing but fire, baby. <laughs> Come on. What are you smoking on right now? Uh, This is Costa Constance. Yeah. It's that single source, baby. Okay. And only one hand's touched <laughs> that, so... You know, we smoke good stuff. That's uh, it's part of our culture. Yeah, that that dab you gave me was kicking. Yeah, that wedding pie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Apple monkey frozen donuts. Yeah, I saw you came Fire. with some Abuja strains and some of the stuff that they yeah. got launched. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah, awesome. We just had Boo on the show, so that was really dope to see him at the event we just went to. Nothing, Nothing but, fire. but fire. Yeah. Yeah, I saw that dude. Boo was over there. He's always a good dude, man. All about the good vibes. So I saw a couple of the snippets you guys had. The skateboard that he brought, I was sick. Yeah. Guy came with hella gifts, man. Great guy. What's dope is what you guys are about to get into with Network Show. Oh, yeah. And getting into how it's so different from all the other stuff. You compared it to the action sports uh, events. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just hopping in there, you know, real quick, you know, you know, me and Nam's background is in action sports, you know, so it was easy for us to really understand, you know, a platform that worked and we've seen work, you know, time and time again. And so, you know, we're like, dude, let's run this up in the cannabis space. You know, let's, let's bring value. Let's change it up. You know, and Nam's like, you're right, bro. You know, he came up with the idea, you know, originally and, you know, he brought it to me and he's like, Hey, you want to run, you know, you want to do a trade show? And I'm like, not really, bro. Like, who wants <laughs> yeah. to do a trade show? You know yeah. what I mean? But then, like, he started, like, bringing up all the points. And I was like, yo, you're right, dude. We really do need this for our industry, you know? Like, this things were falling short. And, you know, people were saying, you know, they didn't see their ROI on, the, on shows and stuff. And I'm like, that's our whole concept is really just to, you know, bring that ROI. Really just show to the industry that, you know, we're from the culture. So, we hear every day, you know, Nam owns a distro. You know, we're over there flipping packs all the time on the Rego, the white market. So, we hear what these guys are saying. We hear what other brands are saying. So, it was kind of super simple for us to just like kind of listen to what our peers said and really with you know like we said anybody could have done this but you know we manned up did it went out there and this yeah. is where we're at i didn't want to do it i came from a background of producing events and uh when i met my wife now we're dates first start dating i was already on the path of like i'm done with producing events it's exhausting i'm too old for this it's not really my cup of tea i'm gonna focus on this other business doing some distro stuff uh, brand management in the in the cannabis space, right? And um, just kind of needed. I just saw like a gap. There wasn't really a true B two B type of trade show where it was just brands connecting with retailers and retailers connecting with brands, and that was it. And I think we kind of needed that. And because I think there's a lot of good people in this industry. Yeah, I'm a disrobe myself, right? So I sit in the middle. I see the supply chain side from the farmer to the manufacturer, I see the retailers too. And sometimes they're all pointing their finger at each other like, he's making all the money, they're making all the money. The reality all is tough for everybody. And I think uh, if we just all got in the room together and just connected me like, yo, what price do you need to be at to survive, to be able to do the right marketing? What price do you need to be at, Mr. Retailer, to actually make a good margin and be able to pay your employees fair, to cover the rent? And let's figure it out, right? Uh, obviously, there's other elements like the black market and mm -hmm. stuff like that that we have to battle against. But I think we can create a small network within the legal market, kind of survive, help ourselves out, right? Create a little ecosystem. And that's important. I think we just didn't really have that tr platform to kind of achieve that. 
Yeah, brands could all coexist, right? Yeah. Like, you don't smoke the same flower every day, you know? So that's the thing is like, look, all these brands can coexist with each other, and we're just providing the platform for them. And ex explain a little bit more deep into it's a business to business. Like, explain that aspect of it because that is different. It reminds me a little bit of agenda, oh, yeah. trade show, yeah. or things like yeah. that. Before we do that, let's, let's dive into your background yeah. and your background a little bit. Like, what type of action sports stuff and what type of, uh, events were you guys doing before you came up with this idea so um i came from you know poor kid but i started snowboarding i was lucky enough to get sponsored and then uh start going up to the mountains and seeing the world a little bit more but when i was like 24 i basically realized i didn't have it i started too late and started working in the snowboard industry start moving myself up and then started an agency uh, brand management agency, doing marketing, sales strategies, uh, going to market strategy, staying in, staying in the market strategy, events and everything. And that just led to me producing more events, more events, and they started getting bigger. And then eventually I started doing larger events. And I think the largest one we did was about 100,000 people per day. And that was with the city what, of which Denver. Which event was that? The 420 rally out oh, in Denver. Dope. So if you guys know the story, is that like 2013, that? is that the one at the Capitol? Yeah. So do you guys know the oh, story wow. is Miguel. Been there. We, we went to one. We of went. Oh yeah. No I swear. Yeah. So, you know, uh, the story, you know, you guys, if you guys don't know the story, Miguel, he was the permit holder and something happened. And then, uh, somehow my buddy Ben and Gavin, they ended up getting the permit or uh, to run it. And then they brought me out. They're like, Hey, Nam, you know how to run some big events and work with compliancy and stuff like that and come out help us out so i think the first one we had like six weeks to produce and but we produced it and did like hundred thousand people and we did for like three more years I what years like, were though was that i completely forgot it was say like it was like 13, a 14? second year Dude, we colorado went red we yeah. were there one of them second yeah, year 15, the colorado right? it was like cops on horses and shit everywhere yeah <laughs> Denver, but that was vibes. the first year that Colorado went wrecked. That was uh, it was on the the capital ground. But that yeah. wasn't our event. That was where the thing happened, right? Yeah, mm -hmm. I and think we went. On but then years, years after, yeah, right? we did it the year after that. Yeah. During that time, yeah, we had the big yeah. industry show, which is like a smoke shop industry show going on at the time, which I was helping out doing the marketing and some PR for. And then High Times was also doing their cannabis cup. When that shit mm -hmm. failed, mm -hmm. that's when they're like, okay, let's try to merge it all together. And it was great. I mean, it was great times, but when you do something for the city like that, it's not really a great payday. <laughs> and I think a lot of us got old and didn't want to do it no more. Yeah, I feel that. And like Denver had its, uh, that time where it was very special out there being able to go out there and it was like a free the weed movement. Yeah. And you could tell no one gave a shit. Everyone yeah. was like, no, we had a tie stick we brought from uh one of the cali i forget calibrins whatever yeah uh, it burned forever though forever. Yeah. it was fucking people were like what is that Sp oh, i was spun awesome. out after Dude, i, I like, landed ah. on 420 at the denver airport yeah. the first year you guys went colorado went wreck and i smelt it at the airport and i was like oh yeah. shit the whole time all the way ride to the to the hotel and i stayed in downtown that shit was crazy my uh my mentor who taught me how to cultivate He's the cultivator at the first sale in uh, in Denver. That was the first legal sale in cannabis, I think, in the, the country. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. They were on like the Wall Street Journal as a front, and, but that was a. Uh, it was wild. Spot. Yeah. Pretty cool. Because yeah, Denver like was first... a special time then. Yeah, yeah it was. Special. I was there also when they legalized and the celebration was there at the yeah. Capitol. And that's where I sold him to be like, you got to come to Denver. 
it's thousands and that's 420 yeah and then yeah. we went yeah. back years later and i think that the year later or it was a special time yeah. because it was the first state and pretty much the first major city for mm. just full on legalization let's go yeah. legal right people from all over all over yeah. you had people coming in from all over the state all over the world just to like have a good time my buddy was doing something called uh my 420 tours uh jj he was doing that and he was promoting it he had like eight thousand people sign up to do weed tours and most of them were all asian businessmen he said like they would sign up they would come out to denver go visit a grow stay at a weed friendly hotel learn to cook with it like the full week-long thing it was like a couple grand mm -hmm. wow but he had like eight thousand people sign up like yeah, within crazy. the first month that's something that colorado like initiated is like picking you up from the airport you get in this crazy like limousine thing they they take you to a dispensary you shop then they show you a glass blowing event or a grow you can like it's literally a catered experience i haven't seen too many other places do stuff like that it's real yeah. interesting yeah definitely interesting pretty crazy with snowboarding what was your uh were you doing park or yeah i was doing mostly park here at bear and um yeah just parking oh. streets but i always wanted to ride pal but you know i'm stuck here <laughs> when i like yeah i kind of liked it and i just grinded you know grinded out and made mm -hmm. some did some events helped with some trade shows too and obviously doing the trade shows like agenda you know doing the sales and action sports industry and the fashion industry just you see what we need it just it wasn't happening here in this industry for some reason it was a lot of b2c events right and b2c is is dope right it's needed but we need a little business side of it too right that's the culture side of it we need a little business side we needed to figure out how to work together that ebb and flow of the product and the money is not right right now we need to figure it out and the customer will reap the benefits of this yeah that's what's really cool is that connecting the businesses with the grows and with the extract guys and all that and getting them tighter ends up rewarding the patients oh in the day they get a better selection of product, they get better quality product, and they get more variety, and it's good for them. We just have to survive. If not, the legacy guys are gonna be out, and this shit's gonna be in history books. We're gonna be a story. Remember when they had OGs? <laughs> Thing of the past. Yeah, I don't want that to happen, man. This shit, this era of weed oh, let's is bring so back dope. that crippy. Yeah, yeah, for real. <laughs> what you know about triangle, that? Triangle, you know? Hey, that's Orange why chairs. the roots were here. We were oh, talking on creepy out of an apple. Yeah. We were talking on off the mic a little bit about it for people that are listening. Shout out to the Florida boys down there holding it down, man. I know you boys are from Florida too, so yep. a lot of respect, man. Oh yeah, we're we're Florida is a state that uh saw a lot of good fresh herb early on, but not like Cali. No. Not like Cali, that's for sure. We miss like the Kush and the Chronic. Yeah, but it it's funny. You guys like had that. a lot of stuff going from Florida to NY too. Like yeah, the, the hazes piff, and the sour. piff and the sours. Like mango. The, yeah, the mango, yeah. you know? So it's kind of like it went all around too, you know? Yeah. It's cool because we like Florida originated some famous strains too that are still in the history books, you know? So it's, it is a cool claim to fame where it's like what was going on on the East Coast was so different from uh, the West Coast. And which was also very different from the Northeast, right? Where like you would travel and you, I remember like, I mean, even going to Costa Rica, you would get something where you're like, what is this? Mm -hmm. This smells like bubble gum, you know? And you would go to New York and they'd have sour or this, you go down to like Miami and it'd be the mangoes and sativas. And it was interesting. 
What about you? What's your background? Man, um, ex-athlete, uh, played semi-professional baseball. Um, baseball my whole life pretty much as a kid. Went to college. I was a serial entrepreneur after that. I realized, look, I'm a businessman. Um, you know, when he said action sports, um, I was in action sports as well. Early on, I ran Metal Militia, which is a clothing company, and then went into Affliction on the fighting side. So Todd Beard, rest in peace. He was uh, like a mentor. He had a bunch of stuff back in the day. She Devil Clothing. He was part of Birdhouse. He was part of a lot of like street clothing brands that were up and coming. And then he hopped in Affliction and he brought me in. I was always a networking guy. I'm always a marketing guy, you know. So they brought me in Affliction. And I realized like, you know, as you know, we were in Meta Militia. It was kind of dying out, you know, and I saw fighting start to pick up. MA was getting really big. So I kind of went over there. But, you know, I realized I used a lot of my marketing strategies there as well. You know, we we're getting shirts on like Sylvester Stallone, you know, and he's sitting at the UFC fight wearing this shirt all dialed in, you know. So it was just like uh, it was all networking there. But, you know, so I did that. You know, I've been in cannabis from probably around 2001. I started as an uh, underground cultivator, you know, did the whole song and dance, hop from, you know, house to house and, you know, blew the houses up, blew the house scene up. And then I got really passionate about cannabis when I had, uh, I still, you know, remember him to this day. His name's Luke the Brave. Um, he was somebody that was really important to me. He inspired me to, man, he was so selfless. He was dying. He had endometriosis. He had cancer. He had a bunch of things going on. And the dude was more worried about my dog going to the vet than this dude's dying. He was on his deathbed. And he's worried about my dog. You know, he taught me so much about life and he's such a beautiful soul. He, he only lived to 21, but he was so passionate about cannabis. When I saw that and like I was helping him, I was giving him RSO. Uh, Chris from G-Pen donated a juicer. Um, you know, Jared from West Coast Cure donated like a bunch of stuff for him. So like all of us guys in the cannabis space rallied around this kid. You know, he was somebody that's really important to us. And um, when I saw that, I really like, look, dude, I'm not just a house grower. Like I, I am part of a community that's bigger picture. And so around that time, I jumped heavily into cannabis, you know, I was like more passionate about it instead of just for the profit. And along that time, I'm, I'm one of the founding fathers of Cloud Vapes. So I was hitting from 2012 to 2016, 14 cannabis cups, best product, best booth, the new innovation. I mean, we were rivaling with G-Pen and Cloud 2.0 and all the boys. And there's so many stories that we can go into about that. But back then it was like, those were the days you live for to go to cannabis cups and see Banff extract or I mean, I'm throwing out names that are not around nowadays. You know what I mean? Moxie, yeah. those are our brothers. You know, there was so many of us that like have had so many different hats over the years that it's the same person with the same SOPs and they just different hat. You know what I mean? And so, you know, doing all these cannabis cups, doing cloud, I feel like, you know, I really paved the way for cannabis in the aspect of medicating. I mean, I was dabbing on airplanes in 2012, 13. You know, nobody else was doing that shit. I feel like I pioneered like this rosin, like is now rosin, but but back then it was BHO, but nobody would touch it because you had the torch, you had everything. Now you had an apparatus that was an open wick technology, which back then it was just, it was so open wick. There was really nothing to it, right? And literally you just put your dab on it and just taking hot dabs, but still you're dabbing, you know? And I feel like that culture kind of opened the door to being more acceptable of dabbing, you know? And I feel like without devices like the G-Pens or these clouds and all these new devices that have come out, like, you know, dabbing wouldn't have become so acceptable, you know? So. I don't know. I've got a lot of background in cannabis. I've been behind the scenes guys for a lot of companies. Like I feel like to feel I'm one of the first person that put out a rosin pen. Um, 2016, I created a um, vape formula for uh, 
PAX era. So I was the person that launched with Native. I was their formulation guy. So Native came out, did a couple million in like rosin pods in early 2016, 17. 16, we formulated 17 and hit the market. Um, but that's, you know, super early, like shit nobody even knows about, like unless I told you right now, you know? So it's like, you know, one day I'll do a memoir, hopefully, and I can get to that point. But, you know, the, you know, the reality is like I've always been in the industry to push it and make it better and be somebody that, you know, you can confide in. But yet, you know, there's a lot of ups and downs in our industry, good people, bad people. Right. So, you know, I've, I've done my song and dance through the whole thing. But, you know, long story short, you know, my background is action sports. I'm an athlete. So I understood, you know. Uh, you know, client relationship management really easily. So I knew how to sponsor people. I knew how to get to my brand to where I needed to get to, you know, with affliction and all the marketing through like Nordstrom and stuff like that. So yeah, I mean, kind of a jack of all trades to be honest with you. What was it like seeing affliction rise? Oh, dude, it was amazing. You know, like I saw the company go from probably like 10 to a hundred million, you know, like quick, like to see him everywhere. I mean, every celebrity had it on in the time. It was like that or Ed Hardy or Von Dutch. If you didn't have those t-shirts in your closet, you know, like that was that era, you know? There's places people only dream of going. I've been there. Von Dutch would kick back off now and crush it, I'm sure. Dude, you have to watch the documentary on that. Yeah. That is a Make good a documentary. Coach. Oh, yeah. The story of Von Dutch. Yeah, that's a good documentary. Which one? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. We just watched crazy. it on Netflix yeah. or something like that. It was. It's no, a it is pretty good. crazy. What you say? Which one? Because it's not actually what you think it is. It's Everybody has person. their own side yeah. story. Right? It's like Banksy. Yeah. Ah, yeah, that's an interesting concept because they say it's actually a group of people that's Banksy or behind. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, that, I, that's I'm how in, he's able to stay so so mystique everywhere. Yeah, it's it's Banksy is everybody. Hey, I'm with. We are Banksy. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. I was fucking with a couple artists back in the days, like producing some art shows and there's a girl from australia some over here and and they all coordinate that's that shit's real they coordinate to put that shit up sometimes that's how they can do it so quick it's just a trip it artists is. they be helping each other out street art is very fascinating yeah. what about you mikey hey nothing but fire nothing but fire um my background I made Corrupts Kush at Method Man's Blackout back in the day. Uh, he had a shop called Kush Kingdom in Santa Ana, uh, Anaheim, and Costa Mesa. Um, I've been in the industry for a long time. Um, won a couple cannabis cups with uh, Wheezy Dabs. He made the hardcore back in the day with West Coast Cure for them. Um, he also made the uh, Paris OG um fuck this is just when you started saying shit i'm like oh my god yeah, it just comes back i huh? remember we went on stage for that we yeah. we got that award so the guy that won the award his name's wheezy dabs i just you know helped him out clean tubes learn how to make wax through the guy finally at some point i won my own and he's like that's you know he's like you only know that because of me and i'm like i know that like you know super props to wheezy dabs he always taught me how to make not blow up <laughs> i have no burn marks I didn't go to jail for making wax. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
Some people not have, blowing yeah. up is a big feat. I mean, it's fucking crazy. You know, we've known two people in the industry in California in the last like five years. One passed away, and then the other one, is, you know, I mean, he's head to toe burnt down. No, there's a couple. It's <sighs> yeah. couple. It's couple pretty fucking crazy. Big brands, big brands. Yeah. That people were like, it's yeah. just sad. Actions yeah. happen, man. It's that. It's a that that volatile substance, Ooh. man. It's sketchy. Did so, you feel when you were working with it that it was a sketchy thing? You treated like. Like um, no, but like I said, the guy that taught me was, he was Wheezy Dabs. He used to work for uh, the Navy. So he's very like, just kind of like, like, he's like, look, if I tell you something and I'm Kurt, don't get your feelings all butthurt and shit. It's to save our lives. Cause at the end of the day, I want you to go home, not go to jail and not blow up. And I was like, yes, sir. So Amen. sometimes he'd be like, get the fuck out. And I'm like, oh shit. Just walk out like, oh, put it down. Be like, what happened? He's like, you're still fucking bubbling. You could blow us up. And I'd be like, oh. Well then, all right, cool. Thank you, thank you for yelling at me to get the fuck out. Because you know, if you would have been like, "Hey, don't do," like I would have kept walking and we would have died. Who knows? Fuck. Right? Like the, you see the that shit's marks. crazy. Yeah, dude. So many people working, just one little mistake, and everybody's oh, yeah. fried. He was very, very like military. Like, and before we started, this is what you do. This is how you do it. SOPs. This is why you do it. Just yeah. you know, he was just military. But that's why he made the best product too. That guy won hundreds of hundreds of high times yeah that like hardcore the, og batter and the, even the shatter that, that's iconic like the cali kush farm guys they've won hundreds of awards the kushko guys hundreds of awards like yeah. just it's one of those things that they're just legendary old what do you call them legacy guys legacy yeah. legacy guys yeah. legacy og guys we got to protect those guys i mean yeah. like nom nom's a legacy og guy that's my partner and i'll protect that guy the day i die you know why because he's got a good heart that dude wears his heart on his sleeve and he takes care of people in this industry. You know, it's like my whole thing is no ego. Like we can all come together as multiple brands and figure this out. Nam says it all the time. Like, look, we're going to have 200 people, 200 brands in our spot. Like those are brands. There's a lot of people behind those brands. That's the no ego. Let's all get along. Let's, let's meet the retailers together, but we're cultivating the right retailers too, though. You know, the ones that are coming up, paying their bills, doing the right things. And I mean, that's an important topic because I'm sure you guys talk about that too about on the old show. school guard. You you pay your bills you you keep your word if you fuck up you fucking fix it or yeah. try to fix it yeah that's i don't think it's the problem the retailer too I, it's just the ebb and flow of product and money in this industry is really fucked up and it puts everybody behind the eight ball and we need to stop that and i think it we just we just i tell everyone smaller orders frequent deliveries they have a smaller bill to pay you have a smaller bill that you're at risk with right that you're putting out there they get fresher product right you especially as indoor cultivators are constantly harvesting it's constantly coming out you just feed it out right and yeah that's great advice yeah i mean i know alcohol and weed's not the same thing you know what i mean but they're a business of transporting stuff and distributing stuff selling brands and with compliancy we can learn from that right just like that just look at them. I used to be a partner in a nightclub, right? In a bar. And we get an order every week. We place an order every week. It's just like clockwork. I have a small little closet for my bar storing everything. It's nice. I didn't have to buy so much stuff and then store it all, watch it deteriorate, right? And then start putting it on sale because I need the cash flow, right? So I have to get it back so I can pay the brand. Shouldn't have bought so much, you know, I should have bought, it's, it's so ass backwards right now. And that's why you see 
some factoring happening too, and you don't want to factoring come in. If we don't change the way this ebb and flow happens, like fact, the bank will come in, financial institutions, right? And start taking us for whatever margins left. And you see it already, they're charged 4%, right? Come on, we're making like five. You're going to take all four out of the five? Fuck you, you know what I mean? Like, we need to change that. Facts. It'll be easier because you don't need a factoring when it's a $2,000 order, but it's every week or every other week, you know, and you work with third-party logistics to get it fulfilled. It's, it's doable. We just, as the industry, have to get together and figure it out. And this is the best way to do it with the network show, right? It's like, I was like, man, you get all the right people there and it's only them because that's the only two segment of the industry that really need to talk and figure it out. Retailers, brands, right? And the distros that represent them. And that's it. We just need to get in the room, be like, yo, you cool. I'm, you cool. What do you need? What do I need? Right? Let's figure it out. Work together. We don't, and that pushed everybody else. We know the, the Chads and the Brads that we call those guys, right? <laughs> we push them out, right? And when, but it, I take it after skateboard industry too. You look at like uh, skaters, they set the rules. And then the big brands came into the industry and the big brands had to pay by play by the skaters rules. Right. And we could do that in weed too. I think we, we need it. We what need to some, do it. What are some of the brands that you have signed on right now? Yeah, man, we got some big dogs on yeah. there. We got, you know, gelatos coming heavy. You know, we got big chief in there. We got dab woods, you know, we got apple I monkey. I mean, Boys, well, who else we got on there? We got, we got blueprints, dime blueprint. I mean, we got the cool kids. We got the real, you know, core kids. You know, everybody. We got yeah. a lot. There's yeah, we lot. got over two hundred. You know, two hundred. Wow. Yeah, there's about two hundred brands. We're sold out. You know, blessings on that. You know, the last show really showed to people like, look, we're really doing it. Like, what we're saying is true. This is what we're doing. You well, know, what was really fun about the last one though was one of the guys showed up. He's like, "Man, I hope I get three accounts. If I get three accounts, it was worth it to come from down north, down from up north." He got seventeen accounts. He was ecstatic. Um, one guy got thirty accounts. Uh, one guy got twenty-two accounts. Just people just got a lot of accounts that they ended up. We're gonna put the people in front of you, whether you close or not. That's not my fault. If you can't close, that's not yeah. me. The people are gonna be there. The buyers gonna be there. He brought all the people from up north. He brought all the people from San Diego. I ran around from like San Diego, Orange County in between and everything. And like, you know, they're real buyers. Yeah, trifold to, to the whole mix is, you know, Nam's got his distro. He's talking to people on the regular brands, you know, brokers, everybody. You know, I'm out on the field on the regular as well. I mean, I've I've ran a couple big brands that were in a thousand stores at one time, you know, so I was the GM for them. So I've got pulse on shops. Shops know who I am. I can go talk to the manager. I got their contact info. I've probably got about 200 to 300 shops on my phone, you know. So with that being said, it's easy for me to go show face shake hands, kiss babies, say hello, and then just really do what we say we're going to do. You know, like there's a couple people out there that are like a little far and we're like, look, let's figure it out. Why don't we get you a hotel room down here? You know, we're flying down, you know, Cola's group. We're flying down PCF group from Modesto, Bert. You know, those guys have, you know, handful of shops up there. So it's very advantageous for a SoCal brand to be a part of our show because now I'm bringing these NorCal big time shops up there they just onboard that one guy that one shop there's 12 shops for him right there in the norcal area so that really helps the la and the the socal brands and you know there's quite a few brands that you know don't have that northern exposure yet so it's really cool to kind of give them that access pretty much you know there's and a lot of norcal brands too come down 
right? Is because they never really have face in front of LA stores. And since we're right here in yep. the heart of LA, like basically right at LAX, like you could fly in, go to the show and fly home and be home for dinner up, if you're day. from up north. And then all the LA shops, they're coming. All their bud tenders come. You've seen it last year. A lot of shops were alternating days with their employees. So like day one, one shift got to go, day two, the other shift got to go. So their bud tenders get to come, you know? We all know this too, the bud ten tenders are the, the gatekeepers, man. Yep. They yep. are the gatekeepers. If you can't convince them to care for your brand to be in that store and do volume, you won't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, without them pushing it, it's not gonna go anywhere because anyone that goes in a shop, first thing you ask bud tenders is, What's your favorite or what's the freshest or what are you what are you liking? So that's pretty dope that you guys, you guys included them as well. Yeah, I think it's kind of cool, you know, to allude on what Nam was saying was <clears throat> yeah, the bud tenders are there, but the only people walking the floor are either managers or buyers that have decision making and purposes and bud tenders. So there's no riffraff, like it's literally retail involved only. So that's really cool to have that hyper focus. And that's what I think is different that we're curating than a lot of the other shows are curating. Yeah, we literally vet them out. Like, uh, you have to go online. Pre-registration. Pre-register, you have to upload proof of employment. And we actually look at every single one. And if it's something that might not be there, we'll email you and see if you can provide something and then we'll let you in. Or you just can't come. And there's a lot of people that get kind of mad. I've been out marketing in the field and I love yeah. it because there'll be like, some guy named Nam told me that I can't come. And I'm like... What do you do? Oh, I do packaging. Oh, yeah. He's not going to let you come. Yeah. <laughs> you got to figure out how to like go get a job at a retailer real quick or be a bud tender real quick or something. You don't want static. You want to be able to have people connect yeah. and have conversations. Um, you look at our show. If you guys saw the footage from last year's, it's crowded, but it's not shoulder to shoulder crowded. It is like a good crowd but it's quality right. people it's, it's who quality. you want to be there if they actually smoke it or if they actually look at it they'll be like all right let's buy it for our 25 shops that we have or our 15 shops or our six little collective or whatever or even our one big shop or whatever it is and everything in between so it just it depends you know there's some distros that'll pick up that are going to be there that and this allows the brands to like really showcase who they are what their values are about uh and then you know it's about how you guys do it, right? And how you guys can help the retailer make money through your brand and tell that story and tell how you're going to do it. And some other shows, they just don't provide that. We really don't have a platform. This is allowed that. So it's good. You guys won't talk to like a thousand people in a day, but the hundred people you talk to will be a hundred very valuable people. We're right here, our favorite place to go, you know, where the pros go to grow, at Grow Generation. Over 60 stores nationwide, either in-store or online. Use our code. First Smoke 10. Family, get online if you're shopping for grow goods, First Smoke 10, or in-store anywhere in the U.S. Tell them the First Smoke family sent you. We'll see you there. For a brand, what do you think the top things are that they need to make sure they have if they're trying to approach a shop or a distro? Some sort of special they can only get at network that entices the buyer to buy immediately that you can get it done and to get it metrics out because guess what it's all legal so you can have they'll take the order at the show mm -hmm. have it metrics out get exchange licenses and it can be in the shop as fast as you know monday or friday if everyone's on game right
everyone's on point. That's very cool. Yeah. Again, we get we're gonna peep the uh, we're gonna put the people in front of you. You gotta close. You gotta hold your part. You gotta have your you know your deliveries on time. And all your stuff on point. Yeah. yeah. But we try to, I, dude, I talk to every single exhibitor one on one and try to make sure they understand what's happening with the show because this is like the first true B2B show. He's exactly, he doesn't try. He's talked to every single yes. person that me and Shay have brought. He, he has called them, he's emailed them. He's like, the people he's told them no. I think he's talked to every single person from the last show and at least 90% from this show. Because their ROI is very important to us, right? The exhibitor's ROI. So I want to make sure that they come prepared because even though we put all these retailers in front of them, right? These dispensary owners, the buyers, they have to be prepared to capture it. And we want to make sure. So I talk to all of them like, hey, have a show special, like what Mikey said, right? It's like something that's so enticing. They want to turn that order in. And it has, it's only good until the end of the show. Cause you don't want, you want to get your foot into the store, right? And if you get your foot into the store and you have a quality product, good competitive pricing with good marketing, sales support, customer service, you're going to be in that store until you decide not to be in that store. Right. Uh, but that's on you, but what you got your foot in the door. So we encourage them to do that because you don't want to get caught into the trade show hangover the next week you have 400 business cards, they have 400 <laughs> business cards, and you're like, hey, remember me from the show, da, 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 da. And it works a little bit. You will get some orders. You gotta follow through and keep good with it, but you gotta get your foot in the door. So we try to make sure they do that. Tell their story. You know, don't just, like a sash, set out a table and put your tablecloth on, put all your product out. Like, bring them into the booth, wanna talk to them, showcase decorate your booth yeah. man so be ready be excited yeah, you know yeah. like come with you know some umph like really the next three weeks you know before the show like we're out there pounding the pavement i'm going to talk to every owner i'm, I'm out in riverside i'm in san diego i'm in ie i'm in la like we're out there like business owners out there not i'm sending a rep to drop off flyers like i'm going to the store talking to the owner getting them there and that's you know that's kind of like that's our juice that's who we are from the industry that's my culture it's noms culture so that's where it's like look we're not no brads or chads trying to run a show now like this is culture coming in listening to culture and trying to put on for culture so i think uh something especially in 2023 that's undervalued is the importance of face-to-face -face <sighs> smoking the, the joint with each other shaking the hands building a relationship while building some rapport in person you can't just get on a fucking zoom call no. or call someone on the phone <laughs> or a facetime and be like yeah yeah so what's up you want to order or you want to buy like like people that are still in this game right now that are doing well know that they got to show up they got to pull up yeah. you got to go to dinner you got to hang out you got to build a relationship and have a relationship this is now a relationship-based yeah. business yeah. before yeah. it was just enough to be like I got a plug. I need something. That's it. Right. Yep, and like, yep. you didn't have to have a relationship. It's like the vetting. That's all done yeah, now. It's yeah. all, oh, he's my boy. I, I, I like this guy. Yeah. It's my, it's my guy right here. Whatever. It's 
it's all relationship based now. It's real sales and real business now. You're right, man. I'll be honest. Like I'm, I'm an old head. I was put on by OG people, like guys that don't talk on the phone about shit. Like literally, I, I mean, I was, I was verified a couple years ago. Don't get me wrong. Like I started leaning on the social side, but I wasn't on there with, T, with like a TM or anything. I didn't have no fucking, you know, I wasn't teletrapping or nothing. Like I was just on there to be like, look, this is who I am. You know, like I'm verified and this is it. Like I'm not selling bags off my Insta, you know, but you know, digitally in this world we live in, it's so interesting because I have that old soul mentality. It was put on by old G OGs, old dudes that were like, don't talk on the phone. Don't do this shit. But yet we live our life through this fucking phone. And how am I supposed to be this social influencer, the blue check mark and not sell you bags when like, we got to do that vetting process. Now, who are you? Where are you from? Do I know your baby mama? Do I know where you live? Do I know, know you for a while? Can I fit smoke with me? Let me see your driver's license. Like, who are you? You know what I mean? Like that type of shit's like, you know, that's the vetting process. And I think that what we're doing is we're already in that industry. So we're vetting those brands and we're vetting those shops. So that's why it works. It's doing a lot of the hard work oh it's work that's unseen that's like god's work right there you know yeah and that's uh so one of a kind uh type of opportunity because to be able to condense how much time that takes into a few days and only people that have intention are there it's not like just a hangout or you know those trade shows where you go around with free goodie bags what do you got for free you know like all let's that get real to bang those doors down it's hard you guys know putting brands and shelves and shit these managers don't get yeah. up for nobody yeah they own the shop and people come to them they don't need to go nowhere you know yep. so being to be able to be like look i need you at my show i need you to come look at the brands talk to them oh it's your show yeah i'm with it cool i'll pull up like yep. that you can't pay for that's marketing that's like what we talked about earlier that's tuition that we put in you know so that's years of just being who we are doing what we say we're gonna do you know know and i think you said it right like what i really like too is that us being in the backyard of la here this is the hardest market to crack i don't think anybody realizes what la marketplace is like you have some of the best brands in the world that have come out of this area that don't fuck with anybody but themselves they're so tight-knit and so like so many different clicks and the shops market is just like that they're all the same you go try to knock on the door hey can i get the man no you got to talk to 20 butt tenders to get to one manager and you don't get their number you get their email barely or it's like catch them on a Friday if they walk by you can say hi you know so that whole vetting process and all that like I think some of the brands see that value but some of the newer brands don't understand that because they're not cultural enough they haven't been in the game for 10 years and been from prop 215 to 64 they don't get the pre-ICO the the LA days of where you're selling weed out of a school bus you know what I mean like there's just a lot you know and I feel like that's where like look we'll, we'll tell you we've been there because it's like we're out here talking about it but like that's kind of why we get vetted it out like and how we are able to pull up the people we are it's because we've done real business with them like you said we shook their hand we smoked joints with them we've gone to il pastille together you know like (laughs) yeah yeah and that's why it works for us and that's why people don't don't get me wrong people doubt us they're like oh let's see how they do on their first show killed it you know let's see how they do on their second show we tripled the floor plan and sold out three or four weeks before our due date you know so like we're just, and I'm not saying this to boast. I'm just saying this because I'm proud. Like, we're proud to have built this with my boys. It did work. Like, it feels good to go home and lay my head down. That I know I got 200 brands that are going to be so stoked when April or October 4th and 5th come because we're going to yeah. put up. That's That feels good. Absolutely. Well, it's a, it's, it's a huge move to be able to, anyone who sat on a Tuesday or a Thursday in a waiting room at a dispensary with like 16 samples or a bunch of samples and hoping that you can actually get it to someone who's either the buyer or the dispensary owner. And then 
three quarters of them, it's somebody else because the buyer's tied up or the dispensary owner wasn't able to make it or is tied up as well. And it happens to the biggest brands. It happens to the smallest brands. It happens if you have an appointment. It happens if you don't have an appointment. It literally is. There's a wall. And I remember for months and months taking some of the best flour we've ever cultivated and just trying to get it in front of some people. And 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 getting no call. No, yeah. no, yeah. no. We'll leave call, a sample. Leave we'll a call sample. You. Yeah. The security guards never smoke gets it. to the I got some. You, your sample never got to the never manager. Got yeah, to yeah. Never. I only know this because being a manager, there is so many filters that like, what? The oh, the response was always, and that was, was before I had a girlfriend. Yep. Is it a cute girl rep? No, fuck. No, no, whatever. Just send it. Some grower. Yeah, no. <laughs> grower. No, whatever. I got some funny free game. I hit that same wall my whole career. I'm like, God, I got to be better than these guys. They're sitting behind their desk, legs up, watching TV all day with the screen, making money, right? And I'm like, how do I get in? I'm like, oh, let me go in. They're going to see me on the screen. You know that. They're sitting there watching you in the waiting room. So you go in, you buy some weed. And so the trick is, how do you get to the manager? Well, you got to ask the bud tender a question they don't know. Ask them something above them, right? So I'm like, hey, what if I bought some bulk? They're like, what do you mean bulk? I'm like, yeah, well, not an ounce. Let me buy a pound from you. He's like, I don't know what to do. I've never sold a pound. Hey, Tanya, come here. The manager. Now I know the manager is Tanya. So here comes Tanya. Hey, Tanya, what's up? I would like to buy some bulk. What do you mean you want to buy some bulk? I want to buy a pound of the, the OG Sky. Oh, we don't have a half pound. Okay, cool. Well, what else you got? Well, the next thing you know, the fucking owner's like, what is this guy doing? Oh, well, he's buying bulk. And now who comes out? Boom. Wants to talk to you. So that's just a little free game of like kicking in the door for all you youngsters out there that are new gen. Like buy some product. Go yeah. in, put up, put some money up, show yeah. them, buy some product. Buy consumer. full price. Don't buy full price. Don't ask for a discount. Show up, show them that you got dough. Do my work with you. What's some distro game? Because <laughs> <laughs> you guys have different aspects. So that's what's cool is I'm talking to you about as, you know, basically a brand coming to a retail, what you should bring to the table so that they know like, yeah. oh, yeah, make sure you have flour in jars, a product to show them packaging, that's enough talk. stuff where they can yeah. actually bring be like, food. this is what this brand's about. Bring some food. I mean, <laughs> I do me and my wife. Uh, my crew, we kind of do it different. If you guys ever come to our spot, right? Shout out it's, Goodfellas. Yeah, it's called Goodfellas Group, right? And uh, it's all it's just me, and my wife, my younger brother, and just friends and family. But we do it different a little bit. Like, um, how can I explain this? Uh, we got about, we were up to about 800 farms, small farms through the Emerald Triangle. Small farms that we were working with. And just word of mouth they just referred one farmer to the next to the next in about a four-year period we just stacked up to about 800 farms obviously we lost a lot during the bad market here we we're about 400 or so uh farms still but we figured out a formula we talked you know we're distro so we just like well let's just listen to the retailer listen to the brands listen to the farmers and we'll figure out a system that how we can work our way in and they all benefit everyone benefits so we got a little system you can come to my spot you can buy bulk get the labels printed design packaging source go straight into co-packing get it tested you have a finished good in about 10 days and we can even do it in small quantities too like a shop like a small mom and pop shop they always want to do like a little maybe a holiday their own store brand christmas theme something special right they can never go out there and buy 10 pounds of one strain, package it all up and try to sell it. We we have a program, it's a dispensary program. It allows them to even go down to a half a pound per strain. It's in their own custom packaging, everything. 
and they can just choose it. And, it and that program's usually about five to seven days, they have it on their shelf. Oh, that's very cool, man. Yeah, so we have a bunch of preset designs. They just submit their logo. We put it on there, make it all compliant, go to print, make it real easy for them. So we were just listening to them. And then, you know, uh, another thing is, you know, we have a couple brands that are like pretty price point. It's very price point, but it helped the retailer attract a customer to come inside their storefront that would never be able to. They had only had $20 in their pocket or something like that. Uh, and it helped a lot of my small farmers who just had the random 20 pounds in the corner that they forgot about or whatever it was. It's oxidizing, it's not great, but you know, hey, and better than composting, I'll turn in some money for you. And every bit counts, right? So, you know, we just go to bat for the farmer. We, we stay transparent through the whole process and you know, I got to get mine. They got to get theirs. Everybody has to survive. We're all good people, right? How do we work together? And we figure it out by just listening to them. What do you need? <laughs> well, I need a, a distro is not going to lowball me and then try to sell it for a $200 markup, right? And that's like unfair. He's, we all know how much he's spending. I'm like, okay, well, let's look at how much work it takes for me to move it. And I need to make a fair cut on that. The rest is yours. Let's be real. There's the market and we're just going to put it out there. We're going to adjust the price, get it sold based on your needs and my needs. We'll work together. I'm full transparent. We never sell any of the farmer's weed without their approval unless it's within the price range that we agreed upon. If it's a one penny out of that, we'll call the farmer and go, hey, here's the deal. What do you want to do? You can say, fuck off. <laughs> I'm not accepting the deal. You can accept it or you can counter offer and you know, we'll go over it. Hey, what, what should we do? What should we do? Call this bluff, no, no. And then we'll figure it out. You know, we're kind of that type of distro. I always tell all of our farmers, we not a distro that buys low and sell high. We're a distro that provides a service, right? And you guys hire us for that service and we get paid for that. The rest of the money is yours. And we just stay transparent. Yo, what up? It's Blackleaf. I'm here at Grow Generation. And guess what? Drip Hydro storming the market. All the best growers I know are switching to it. And guess what? There's a reason. Because it's preserving terps. I keep hearing that. Preserving terps. And that's why we're here with Sunshine. Facility advisor, facility manager. Overall, the man with Drip Hydro. Listen to why it's different, man. What's going on, guys? Sunny here with Drip Hydro. Thing is, at the end of the day, we just wanted to make a simple, clean, cost-effective nutrient line that nobody has really seen on the market right now. Nobody uses really our chelation formulas. Uh, the micronutrients that we have pulled to make this line is really just what makes it overall bringing that consistency and quality back to what we want to see in growing herb again and overall at the end of the day it's still really light on your wallet it's a five-part nutrient line and again if you're not staying sterile or you have a big facility and you don't want to run rock wool and you want to run a mix of cocoa with an enzyme or something you don't even have to run flow with it so at the end of the day it's just saving you money on your wallet while bringing the consistency and the quality of terps back we wanted to bring the terps back and bring the soul back to growing versatility cost effective and quality i mean what else can you ask for drip hydro first smoke of the day blackleaf approved peace what's your views on dispensaries and the markup they want when they bring in products to shops i think it's fair you just look at the inflation uh the inflation of rent expenses all that stuff i see 
see their side. They're struggling. It's not like it's good. They have a lot of things. The 280E, all this stuff. It's the only people that's winning is Uncle Sam, right? Let's be real. Everybody's struggling. So when they do that markup, it's fair. It's tough out there. And you guys got to understand in other industries to Keystone is fair because they play in the normal rent market a normal labor price market, all that stuff, right? Tax and everything. Cannabis guys, we don't play in that market, right? Or in that type of game. So it is fair because those expenses are extremely high. They're not making the money at the end of the day. Neither is the producer. That's why we just got to get together and figure it out because there is a way. There is a way. We just got to figure out. I'm, I'm pretty sure all five of us here in the whole industry are pretty smart motherfuckers. If we all just got together and we just connected, networked together. Network. Connect the dots. Just us. No other fucking bullshit, you know? Just us. We'll figure it out. The skate industry did it. The snowboard industry did it. The surf industry did it. And that's what I grew up in. And I saw that happen. We can do it here too. Yeah. You were speaking about action sports yeah. and how they have that connection. And that parallels a lot of what you're trying to launch into cannabis. Absolutely. It's smart. I mean, connecting with a retailer or even a distro as a brand, because that that's half the battle. If you're yeah. with the right distro, you get in front of the right people. You can figure out the right price. They have the relationship. It's just like what Pac was saying relationship building and you're basically putting that on a platter for people absolutely i mean that's huge yeah it's and that's why you know we want to get out here and broadcast that you know we need people to know that because you know without us telling that then who's going to really know i mean we've got some really awesome like testimonies but you know how that goes we need to broadcast that let, let people know that's what i want brands to know you know like we're bringing the people to you so show up, be ready, have back stock, have a special, like come and make a deal. Like it's time to, and it it's help time us to do promote work. the show too. I ask all the brands help us promote the show because if they tell their retailers, their little network and retailers come, right? Well, they'll pick out, I tell brands too, pick out someone and we'll take out, take care of them. Flight, hotel. Wow. If they're from NorCal, we fly them down. You pick out that account that you always wanted to be in or that account you're always in but you just never get the chance to like hang out and be homies, right? And create that type that type of bond. And you just want them to come down and hang out with you guys, right? We'll fly them down. We'll put them up in the hotel and we'll take care of that. The local guys, if there's someone, we'll try to give them incentives, gas cards and stuff like that. Or most of them are just ta taking the hotel room because <laughs> they want to just come into LA, go to trade show, dinner, party it up trade show the next day go home right so yeah yeah we got some really cool activations too you know we got some big brands coming in with some heavy activations so i think that's pretty cool too let let the retailers out there know like look you're coming to a this ain't just like a warehouse this 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 spot that we have it at is really dope as well like you know we've curated it here the first time now like we talked about we tripled the floor plan you know so there's going to be some really awesome activations look for some of your legacy california brands to show up and do some really awesome yeah. shit you i don't want to spoil anything you know but <laughs> there is some really cool stuff that these guys are doing and if you know these brands they show up if, you, if you're a brand retailer or distributor how do you sign up how you, you just go onto the this? website and you can sign up we're sold out for this show already so uh, what's the website uh www.networkshow.co.co 
Yeah. Networkshow.co. Networkshow.co. So like if you're a bud tender or you're yeah. a manager yeah. or, you, you know, you're come, a buyer, yeah. go to the, you know, networktradeshow.co and then on there they can register. Uh, we have, I don't know how many left, but we're getting, you know, the doors are tightening up, you know, but we've got a lot of good feedback to let you know. There's a lot of retailers already in attendance, a lot from the last year's event that are like, look, I can't wait to meet new brands. A lot of brands are coming and dropping new things at this show. Like if it's a hash hole, a pre-roll, whatever it is they're dropping, you know, there's a bunch of cool stuff there too. So that's new for the brand. So, you know, it's cool for the retailers to come see new products that are dropping as well. Yeah, we get a lot of owners, buyers, and managers. We get a decent amount of bud tenders too, but surprising enough, like the owners come out and that's a true blessing for us. Like we actually had the support of the right brands in the industry believing in us mm -hmm. to do this, right? Because a lot of, I think two years ago when I started thinking about it, it wasn't, people were thinking I was kind of crazy. Right. But uh, yeah, the support of the bright brands. And then that drew out the owners and the action decision makers. And that's so great, dude. Like the community is actually getting together. So it's good to see the first one was hit and this one's going to be great. What about for brands outside of California? Like, let's say you're another brand in a different state, but you're trying to enter the California market and you want to get in front of distributors or cultivators or retail. You can't. Uh, no, no, so it's only yeah. wow. It's only hey, California. You're when time, you're man. here and you're ready to play, when you're here, you're ready to play. Cultivators, man. What about? Yeah. Yeah, I'm interviewing you guys. Man, did you just <laughs> decline in front of us? No, oh, it's yeah. it's Dad, such. Jet always says no, and then me and him had to figure out how to get him to say that, yes. That's how he's got a bunch so. of people coming because he's telling everybody no. People no. freak out when you say <laughs> no. you can't come. Oh, I get I, some I crazy emails. I get some crazy emails. Some crazy phone calls. And I, dude, he had a guy call him up just, on a Sunday yeah, at like seven in the morning, seven yeah, in the morning, walk, on his, walk with his dog like <laughs> an hour cursing him out why he should go. And then he calls me on three way and I'm like doing like house stuff. And I'm like, I can't answer that. And he's like, man, I wish you would have called because this guy was just going off on me. Yeah. Like, why he couldn't come to the show. But I'm like, what was you're, his you're position? You're not a cannabis business you know you're not a licensed mantra. cannabis he wasn't a business retailer, wasn't uh he a was a um, manager hardware hardware. guy yeah hardware. and he's like how come i can't go your brands need my hardware and i'm like well you don't understand sir like it's my show i can let who i want in or out right but at the same time it's i'm protecting the show it's just for that connection and you know i've done other shows i don't want my exhibitors the brands there paying to be at a show for someone to sell them something Come and for them to buy yeah. them buy something i understand that lights. process <laughs> needs to happen but that's another time and place yeah. right this show, show is for them to Champs. sell save that for mj bizcon <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah exactly this time is for us brands to sell to those retailers not for us to spend half the time filtering out hardware people you know, packaging people. And I'm not trying to hate on them. We definitely need you guys, right? But we're gonna do another show for that where us brands will attend your that show and we'll be the attendees. We'll look at hardware guys, the packaging guys, the terpenes, and piecing together all of our stuff so we can sell at the other show. Me and you guys will see that. that. You guys will definitely see that. I think uh, next year we're gonna launch another two days, but it'll be separate from this show. And it'll be just more of a supply chain. That's well, we get to come and check chain. stuff out, which is cool. We get yeah. to check out the machine, some interesting packing concepts. machines and stuff yeah. like that. I like that you guys are keeping the 
in-person vibe alive of come, show up, shake hands, make more money. You mean old school? Look someone you know, in the eyes, shake Be successful, hands, right? Like, like the more hands you shake, the more money you make. That's yeah. what it comes down to. It's not good enough just to give someone a follow and like a photo. Yeah. That's not going to work out. No one knows. You don't, I don't know you. How no. could I? It's people do business with people they like and trust. 100%. That's yeah. what it comes down to. So you're not going to know that until you get in person, face-to-face with someone and feel shit out. You have to at least establish a connection to build a relationship. And so I like what you guys are doing. And I like how you're, you have the discipline to say no to shit because that's what keeps it special. Yeah. yeah. Brands don't, appreciate I don't want to say no. Yeah. I'm just... The dopest things I've been no. to are put on by people that have discipline to keep the bullshit out and the good shit in, you know? Yeah, it's like a good party with a good ratio or something. You're like, yeah, yeah he had to say no to a fucking million dudes yeah. that all offered him this, 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 this. You go and you're like, dude, it was fucking a great time. Something you'll never forget. So yeah, props to you guys for doing that. Yeah, Thanks, thank man. You. Thanks. Yeah, we're just, you know, we're here. We're doing it, you know, yeah. doing it for our people, you know? Yeah. We, we hear what they want. Where's the show going to be at? It's in LA. It's in LA, yeah, over by LAX. So, yeah. yeah. That's go, a great area, yeah, too. Go to the website. Networkshow.co? Yep, go to the website, register for a ticket, and you'll find out where it's at if you get approved. <laughs> <laughs> no, dope. Yeah, if it, I mean, if you're if you're a bud tender or distributor yeah. or a retailer, go register. Yeah. You never know what could come of it. And if you're in this business and you're taking your business serious, you got to get outside. You got to shake hands. You yeah. got to meet up with people. You got to connect. You got to bring it past that too. And I like what you guys say about having a special um, there. We got to call our distributor and make sure he's going to be there. Dude. Oh, I'm already. Yeah. Ted, is Ted going to be there? Ted, Ted yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah, it's the homie. We're in there. Yeah, yeah. you guys are good. No, we'll get, we'll get Bigs in there. He's a bud tender. Yeah, I would love to. It's that's such a cool Some opportunity. Guy named though. Bigs trying to get in. Yeah, he is. <laughs> they won't let him in. He's out front. Yeah, he's trying yeah, to right. text everyone. Wayne, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Uncle, Uncle Wayne, Wayne he's hey, great. I want to just Wayne, let you guys dude. know. I'm just gonna let Two you guys know later, out there. Even Uncle Wayne is not gonna be able to get you in. Day of, it's tough to get a hold of. I pay Uncle Wayne enough to know he cannot let nobody in. Yeah. I told you, yeah. Dad will say no. Yeah. Dad will say no. But Uncle Wayne's protect, the best. We will protect the integrity of the show. And it's just, once the dust settles and we connect and we figure it all out and we're the, the industry's good, then we'll open up, right? And yeah. then it'd be more fun. But for right now, it's like- No, it needs to be just business need focus. Yeah, yeah, the way Save you're doing the fun it. for after, you know? Do yeah. that after, network, whatever, mixer- all that type of shit, yeah. but like make it business focused. In the beginning, we were going to MJ BizCon and it was business focused. Now you go and it's just a fucking hangout. And no, no diss to them or anything, but that's what's come of it. Yeah. People want to come to just hang out and be like, what up? What are you guys doing tonight? Yeah, you almost make there's more no business, business at the after party. Like, dude, there's not like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, we hardly will go to the actual function because the after party, yeah. it's more about socializing yep. than it is about Shaking doing more hands, business. Smoking joints together, you know, building that rapport like we talked about. It, that doesn't make sense for a lot of brands though when like the only time they can actually get away from business are those days oh, yeah. where it's like, with this, it's in LA, it's by LAX, it's it's the connecting directly where the number one thing you can do is get product in front of a buyer. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What, if what? You, can, you can send as many photos and videos and talk about the smell and talk about the price and talk about how many other people are enjoying it, but to get product in front of a buyer and then let them either take it with them and, and sit on it for a few days, try it out, look at it, 
there's nothing better. It Anybody who's been in the game, whether you're in extracts, whether you're in uh, cultivation, I mean, pens, rosin pens, that's the only way. You got to get product in people's hands. It's the same thing with bud tenders. Come prepared that, hey, if this bud tender, they might be at a shop up north. Are you ever going up north or vice versa, right? When's the next time you're going to get to that shop? Well, here's your opportunity to hook bud tenders up so they've actually tried your product like, yeah it's an epic idea also with it being geographically here in la i think there's a lot of value in that the yeah. the, the the manager the buyer can go in the morning hit the shop leave 10 11 show up to the show spend a couple hours do his thing even go back to the shop if it really needed to or what better excuse to get a manager out of the shop which is very hard to do if you guys know these managers and even get to them to, to begin with but bring them to the show on a neutral playing field where now there's no ego and nobody's tripping it. Nobody even knows who that buyer really is yet until you shake his hand and ask him, oh, you're so-and-so from Catalyst or you're so-and-so from, you know, wow, okay, cool. Uh, let me get your card. Like <laughs> that car is worth everything right there. Your old, whole show, boom, old bang. Old school human interaction. Yep. Like just be in front of each other, shake each other's hands, break bread, breaking bread in this industry, you know, smoking a joint with each other. That's, you know, that's so important in, in the start of our our industry and we need it we need to focus on that yeah what's gen x gen x is been my passion project my whole life man uh it's actually these are terpenes i uh i was a formulation guy between a lot of companies you know i don't need to name drop all of them but you know i was the formulator from a lot of companies and i was like you know what i'm gonna put my own terpenes on the marketplace and i'm actually gonna come out at you know a reasonable cost i ain't gonna whack these companies because i know price points really low in the marketplace right now so it's affordable quality products it's like the kirkland vodka to you know gray goose in kirkland you know the whole story of that so but yeah gen x is a terpene company so we're focused on flavors flavonoids terpenes and uh you know i've helped a lot of companies help them guide them in right directions with formulations so and then the rosin that we're smoking on oh yeah is that's, that that's well? costa yeah costa concentrates yeah that's that's me and uh my boy todd um but yeah we're all single source so everything like i said one hand's touch it all that there's not buy it from a distro move it here do this it's all just one person grows it all squishes it all washes it all does it all once you know oh yeah, yeah and we use kangen water too i don't know if you boys know what the kangen water is like but we're <laughs> yeah, into that health kick too dope. so it's that, that living cool. water you know so the plants are grown with it we also use the kangen water in there to spray no mites no pm no nothing i mean it's just water so if you know ph you know you change the ph a little you, you guys know yeah i'm talking to growers it's good for people to know that that's actually what keeps pm away is a swing on ph on leaf uh on the outside of the leaf you yeah. know yeah. Uh, surface area so that's that's awesome and so man. you know it gets no light burn nothing like that so it's super like you know clean and i don't know we're just uh we're all about just trying to pioneer good quality things mm-hmm. yeah that's dope as hell what uh what made you want to start the nothing but fire <laughs> funny story so i was at the uh burning trees festival uh the homie over at cannabis talk 101 blew through that show it was like ten thousand people i'm sitting in a golf cart with a walkie talkie and i'm like fuck you know what i love this shit I'm, i need to throw i've been talking about my competition for years i'm gonna throw it so i decided right then to throw it um Last year, I made a couple phone calls. The first couple phone calls was uh, to my one of my boy Brad from West Coast Cure. Next one was to my boy Jacob from Wonderbread. Then it was Mike from Originals, uh, Habibi from Cali Kush Farms, and they all said, "If you do a legal show, we got you. If you do a trap show, we can't help you." <laughs> so it changed real quick from a trap show to a legal show. Then it was like, "Oh man, jumping through a whole bunch of hurdles to 
get metrics and just, you know, it was fun. We got it done last year. And then this year we added extra shit like live judging for some reason. Cause some, some crazy old man threw an idea in my head and like said, let's go live judging. And I was like, let's go. And you know, I just, then I added a DJ and fire dancers and, uh, uh, body painted people and burning just, money. <laughs> he's burning money. Nothing. He's still walking through going, he's burning money there, burning money there. The trophies money are there. sick. Oh yeah, yeah. That that's not burning money. No. The trophies are not cheap. I can so, tell. Yeah. That's actually everyone's hand blown. There's not two that are the same. It's actually really one of the things that it was dope. When I first did it, it was the same thing. What are you getting? Shit talking rights. That's it. You get an award. I was better than you this round. That's it. And then I can't get any of these guys to come hang out with me for dinner for four hours, but I can get all of them to come talk shit for 15 hours on a day to come like compete. So it was just one of those like, all right, this is these, this is how I'm going to get all the homies to show up together and we'll just hang out and we'll compete and we'll have fun and I'll pick good food. And you know, it's like the old school high times chalice yeah. shout out to Dougie. Yeah. Um, those days and that's four times a year you'd see people fly in from new york florida yeah. whatever you'd hang out for that 15 hours or whatever for that one day check out the awards and then everyone would go home or whatever but like you know that was that one day that you just hang out with all the crew so. it's almost like a lost era we were talking about it earlier with uh, colorado you know like some of those times are so nostalgic like 2012 13 14 high times cups like man like there's a lot of brands to this day that know nothing about that <laughs> oh, <laughs> you know yeah. what i mean there's people at that time waxy willie shout out to him he's still growing weed this day you know waxy willie yeah he's up yeah he's still growing dude he was i think he was 18 dude with his own booth just running it you know what i mean like it was just such an era that was just so i wish it was more documented the phones cell phones yeah. weren't even what they were then i think we had flip phones probably yeah. razors and shit then motorola's like we didn't have the iPhone. iphone came out 2006 so oh maybe started, we did it was just first or second gen it wasn't it was good. like facebook days but everyone was in this it was super taboo still in this industry so there's not a lot of documentation yeah, shout out to Gil. Remember, Gil would run around with a camera. Yeah, Gil would Gil. be like out there filming and you'd be like, what? Like, you know, just a time that we can't lose that, man. Like, we got to talk about that stuff. Bring it up. You yeah, know? it's modern day prohibition. Cannabis. 100%. Yeah. And it's uh, it's spreading quick. It's spreading quick now because, uh, you know, you even talk about international scenes. They're blowing up. Oh, yeah. All over the fucking world. It's like progressing so fast i don't think anybody ever saw it happening like this and for the first time in the u.s we obviously know that the u.s is producing so much fucking product the days of the drought are over oh yeah never happened again even i i look back i thought about this earlier today um i heard it in a song and they were talking about a drought and i was like damn that's nostalgic oh yeah dude it's nostalgic dude it about. was like summertime drought days, dude you know yeah. everyone would be at somebody's house waiting for the plug like, oh yeah what are we doing here we're waiting for the plug and then you he'd show up and you'd be like that little asian guy is the plug or you'd be like that little white guy is the plug what and they just walk in with a little briefcase, go straight up, come back out, and then they throw ounces at you. Yay! The weed just got here. You start rolling and just hit it. And after like two, three days of no weed, or maybe more <laughs> sometimes, just yeah, the days of the drought are over. Yeah. yeah. Lil Wayne made albums about it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. pretty much. Pretty, pretty I mean, crazy. yeah, the ebb and flow of 
product coming out is definitely different these days. There's yeah. a lot more greenhouses. There's well, all year round. This product right here is what is an exact product of the evolution of how much we're going through. This used to take a whole harvest, and I brought one of these for you guys each, but this used to take a whole harvest. It's made out of hash. Wow. Right? And the, the you're saying the outside is hash. Yeah, the outside is hash, and it would take, wow. like, it would, one of the homies would call it the harvest blessing, and it would take the whole harvest, all of the stuff to be able to get that much hash, and then you would smoke it, and it'd be melting and falling apart or whatever. This one, however, doesn't melt, but that one just broke, however. <laughs> So you have to share with him. Go. Yeah. It's all right. <laughs> oh, his. Oh. Yeah, mine attached, but it's nah, there we go. Damn, so it's bubble hash as the wow. blunt. As yeah. the blunt, yeah. Yeah. So that wow. entered in nothing but fire in the uh, blunt category. It smells great. But too. it wasn't exactly a blunt. And it wasn't exactly a hash plant. So it was just kind of like the old uh, cowboys. Like you can smoke it like that. We smoked like it like that. Yeah. This is cool, man. Yeah. It tastes real good. Yeah, wow. it smells great. That's too. from the standard. And they won they won a couple trophies. Damn, dude. Who were some of the winners from Nothing But Fire? Shout them out. Because I saw LA Family Farms won with their hash hole. Yes, yes, they did. Who won uh, flower? There was a the OG category, Kushko. A Kushko. So it was uh, the originals. Kush. Hold on. I, guess. I saw Zawa by Cali Kush Farms. Yep. Shout out to Dio, man. Habibi. Yep. Yeah. Let's see here. Uh, Matt, the magic. Shout out to the team that helped me pull it off. Matt, the magic. Or uh, Cannabis Conjure. Here, let's see. We have um, Cali Kush Farm for best taste, solventless, uh, charisma, Zawa. Pistol Whip, Top Shelf, Volsiwo for Blue Flame. Um, Cali Kush Farms, Charisma, Zawa times the Sure Banger. Um, They're all fire. Mountain Man Mel. Yeah, yeah, I was about to say, right? Big uh, shout out, Karma. Karma. Karma, yeah. Karma Genetics. I Karma mean, Genetics. he's behind so much fire, bro, for yeah. 20 years. It's yeah, crazy. It was, it was good to sit with Habibi and talk the OG style. You know, I was telling him the story about Triangle. And so my boy Sherpa is going to come out here from Florida and he's going to bless all the OGs with pollen. So we'll link up. He's got some pollen for you boys. Damn. And he's just all on the love. It's just like he knows this plant's been made to be shared, you know, and the story will be told. Shout out to Barney. Purple Sticky Rice. Oh, yeah. Blueprint. Oh, Blueprint. Yeah. Blueprint. Shout out uh, Blueprint. Uh, it's actually turtle pie. Oh, turtle pie. But I mean, Blueprint also won. Um, Zotics, Blue Guava, Ted's Buds, Duck Sauce, uh, The Standard, Backpack Boys, Finest Farms, uh, Cali Kush Farms with the Zawa, Green Dog Cultivators. Mm -hmm. Then it was uh, Blue Flame Coffin Candy. Then it was a SF Canna White Guava. Um, that's all I have on me, but I was, oh. I was a flower yeah. judge. There was some heat in there. I mean, it's tough when they're all heat, you know, like how do you pick between one or the other? It's like, there was just such similar differences of what you picked, you know, like that was just a little bit drier, but dang, that one was just perfect on point. Oh, that one was really bushy or brunchy, you know, like, I don't know. There was a lot of flavor in there. A what, lot of flavor. What do you think the hardest part about throwing an event is? <laughs> I think that you think you're always prepared, but there's always the unknown. And that's okay, because that means you're getting better. And the next show is going to even be even better. So, I so you're always going to get better. You know? Two different perspectives. So I have like dad over here and I call him dad because he's like, he's got like a lot of structure and a lot of rules, but then he also like, you know, he's in this industry. So it's a little weird, right? But I respect <laughs> him. I got mad respect for him. And 
he's super organized so doing the network show dude is such a breeze and so organized and three weeks ahead you're sold out however you know for my show for nothing but fire three days beforehand like i'm losing people and like it's getting a little crazier but you know there's fire dancers and there's like it's a little crazier so it's in between that and then dad is shay he's right in the middle so he's just and then that what I believe is makes this team look good is there's a little leeway. Yeah. A little crazy for uh, all of us. And he's a little half crazy. And then dad's real reasonable and kind of calm and wisdom. And I mean, you need a team boys. We're in a day and age where you need to build that team and you need to be loyal to your team. and You need to take care of that team. I've got a team and we're building. What's nice about our team is I'll be real. There's nights like nine o'clock on a Wednesday that somebody's throwing an event. Mikey's at every fucking event. Yeah. I'm off my kid putting him to bed. Sorry, guys. Like, I'll be there at 6 in the morning, 7 in the morning, all day until when, but I'm putting my kid to bed. So, you know, there's trade-offs. That's your partnership. That's that's who. That's why we're strong. And I think that we really mirror each other really well in that aspect. And I think that's what Mikey's, you know, alluding to is that we all wear our own hats, but we gel together real well, too. What Shay's saying is we're old. And Mikey's <laughs> still young, you know, so we sent him out into the streets to do all the dirty work. I don't know. I think I need some young kids because I just... I just started feeling old recently. <laughs> oh. After this event, I was like, oh. Mike, that's because you're post-event like a couple days. Relax, dude. Yeah, I was about to yeah. say, throw yeah, an event will do that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's why I stopped too when I first started dating my wife, right? And uh, I was already on the thing like, I'm done. I told all my clients, I'm like, in the action sports industry, I'm like, not doing it. I told Bear Mountain, I'm done. I'm not doing it. I told a couple. So, I was out. It's a weird feeling to be an event producer. Like mm -hmm. you're on this extreme high and then it's quiet. It's like when you're a kid, I grew up back East, right? In South Carolina and it's like, summer's over. All my <laughs> friends, they went, did with their family stuff, cousins are gone and I'm walking down the street, it's quiet, I'm just kicking a rock. It's kind of like a depressing and lonely feeling. Sounds like a night out in Vegas. Yeah, right? Yeah. Now, yeah, and you're like, young fuck adult. everyone's life. sleeping, huh? <laughs> yeah, you're just like, It's out. true. But it's like. It is true. High, that all time high yeah, and all time yeah. low. So I just stopped. I didn't want to do it anymore, but. You get I a just lot kind of dopamine of, from all the interactions. Yeah, but I, we just, I just felt like I had to, right? In this industry, like, I know what the industry needed. We did. All my friends are legacy guys. I've been in the game, even though I was in action sports, I always had a side hustle, right? And I just see it. We sit, we all saw it and we just needed it to make it happen, so. How does action sports differ from cannabis? Like uh, the, the, that back end, uh, like you were doing. Cannabis to me is a mixture of action sports and alcohol, right? Mm. It, there's a lot of weed out there. There's a lot of snowboards, skateboards, surfboards. It comes down to two things that make a brand. Either you're that high quality guy or you're the average guy, but you're really consistent. You got good marketing. You have good support, right? Because there's every walks of life. There's the guy that can buy a $100 eighth and then the guy that can't afford even a $20 eighth, right? So, and everybody in between. It's just like that in action sports too, right? Then, uh, Branding is very important. The marketing, that relationship with the retailers, you see it in, in action sports all the time. It's really ground reps, 
road reps hitting the stores, doing demos there, promoting the brand, supporting the community. And then I see the alcohol aspect where we have a perishable product, right? We need to move it quick. It's a high dollar amount. It's risky. It can be easily stolen and sold on the black market. No trace, yeah. right? Which is also another good documentary, the uh, Rip Van Winkle, whatever, Kentucky bourbon or something, whatever it is, oh, yeah. right? It's like $15,000 bottle, but some guy was stealing it all. But let's get back to it. The, um, yeah, we just need to learn that flow of the business. But for the marketing and the branding side, it's, get, it's just very similar to skateboarding, snowboarding. You got to get out there and it's really grassroots, like, you know, break bread with people face to face. You see, look each other in the eye and know that, all right, you a good, solid dude. I'm a good, solid dude too. Yeah. Let's work together, right? Let's make this happen. I don't need to be in all thousand stores. I need this to be in maybe the 50, the 100 stores that really understand my brand, yep. what I'm trying to do. They're trying to push for me to win. I'm trying to push for them to win and we'll work. Amen. Right? Yeah. I don't yeah. need 50, 300 employees or whatever it is. Let's slowly build and we'll build together with the right guys. Right? So like for me, I'm we're in distro and I just turn away third-party brands because I tell them I'm, we're slow. I don't want to deal with stores that don't want to work on our program. It's And if they work on our program, they'll a lot of them are happy. They're like, wow, this shit really works, right? It's like, I just get two-week delivery. I don't have a small stock. And if I start bumping up in sales, I bump up the thing. It slows down, it slows down. 420 is coming around, bump it up. Fourth of July is coming around, bump it up. Hey, after January 1st, slow down, right? Um, you can adjust. You can see the data and make those adjustments. That is so key. That's I feel like that's where a lot of the industry is going. Yeah. Because of these tabs that got racked up and then didn't get paid or the company went out of business or now they changed ownership or management or changed the name on the building, whatever happened, it's so key to 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 not let them overextend themselves to keep fresh product on the shelf and then also to keep that tab low yeah. so that nothing gets out of hand on both sides. Yeah, and you guys have a brand. Yeah, yeah. We, you guys don't want to see your brand on sale. And I saw no. this back in like the early days too. When you mean on sale because it's not because it's been sitting, sitting. or they ordered so much that they're like, here's three months worth of product. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. I don't I don't understand why a brand will allow that to happen to themselves, right? I just it's a pitfall. Just tell the store, order less, I'll still honor that pricing through that time frame and I'll just ship you small orders. And you never get overwhelmed because Okay, you ordered three months worth of stuff, but you have net 30. 25 days in, you sold a third of the product and you're like, fuck, I need the cash flow to pay for all this shit. So you start putting the brand on sale, right? Now to capture that cash flow to pay that. If you don't do it, that's why we're always late right now because they're not getting it done, right? But you're putting on sale. And now as a brand, do you want to be seen on sale? None of your high- Devalues the product. Devalue your product, yeah. devalues your brand. You are a high-end brand. You put in your your heart, your soul, your sweat, tears, everything into growing this stuff, marketing it, doing it all right for it to be devalued. So yeah. don't do that, right? And it's not them blaming them either because us brands and us distros are like, fuck yeah, big orders, <laughs> right? Yeah. 
I think Stop. that whole <laughs> I think that whole mentality of shops and just everybody for that matter racking up big tabs and ordering a shitload of product is what led to the oversaturation because now cultivations are selling out and they're like we need more pro we need more we need more lights up we need to yeah. we need to produce more we can't keep up with the demand everyone's thinking that at the same time yeah and then now here we are where it's like what the fuck are we gonna do with all this shit yep you yep. know and, and it's the key is it's a perishable product it's like yes. produce yeah once you, you have bananas over a week or two they're fucked no matter how good fucking, they are yeah. yeah now you can make banana bread and all this but it's like <laughs> yeah how much of that do you need? Like, it's, yeah. not, a, it's not a solution. It's solventless. And you see that yeah. with see that with weed too, right? It's yeah. the flour. Then then we're like, oh shit, it's got old. Maybe we'll process the oil and then the oil into something else. And then and the oil's still <laughs> subpar because it was already oxidizing. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like you know you're trying to repurpose it and save it, but eventually it's it's worthless. Overall, drives the price of all products down across the whole market over just miscommunication, really. Yeah. yeah, or but, not that, communicating exactly, or just not to, even op open-minded communication. And I think that's why our yes. platform's so successful. I tell you this: I I meet a we get you know as a dish I tell you we sit in the middle. <laughs> I know a lot of owners and buyers of retail shops. They're fucking awesome people, and yet I see a lot of cultivators, producers, fucking awesome people, but yet they're all there like they suck, you suck. Yeah. That's why I don't. That's Uncle why I don't Sam support sucks. the whole. <laughs> that's why I don't support the whole Chad Brad thing. Just because it doesn't matter what business you're in, you need business minded people. You need culture, street minded people, artists, creatives, people that know how to do taxes, marketing, sales. Yeah. Like, you need Structure. a little bit of everything. Yeah. yeah. If you don't have that, you're fucked. Like and I think that whole mentality of like brad chad and all this shit is what's holding back this industry it's what's oh, holding we, back this community we we need we need to come together we need the corporate guys in you got to bridge the gap yeah and, and i think I'm we not do that don't go deal with some squares that don't do business how you want to do business but yeah just because someone comes from a corporate world doesn't mean they can't help you or help this industry oh yeah as a matter of fact without them we're fucked. No, 100%. I think you said it right. I think the biggest thing is that I think the Brad and Chad term came to the guys that came in and were just making it to fake it, right? Oh, like, I'm this industry guy when you're really not. Like, just tell us you're not. We would have respected you to be the, the Brad or the Agreed. Chad because you have your position in this space. Yeah. Just stick to it. Yeah, Don't try sure. to step in and be bigger than the industry influencer, the culture guy, the guy that put his neck on the line through the, the two fifteen days. I mean, I've dipped and dived the cops my whole freaking career. Yeah. Luckily, I'll knock on wood. I've made it. I've beat that career. 15, 20 years beat the career of not facing that judicial side of this problem. But I like to say it's my karma and my doings and the way I navigated through this space never fucked anybody, never did anything to ever go down that karma road, right? So I feel like in life, you know, like you're right. There is a place here for these Brads and Chads. But don't be over there trying to mess with the culture guys and think you are the culture guys on your Instagram and all this and these things. Just be the Brad and Chad. Just be the money guy. Be the structure guy. Be the, the accounting guy. Whatever Brad and Chad that is that you fit into just be that guy you know like we'll accept you yeah you know i, I yeah. see different i see there's corporate guy and then there's the chads and brads yeah true that like a little right what fair enough Shay fair said that the chads and brads are the corporate guys coming in faking the funk yeah. right thinking they are the legacy guy the corporate guy we welcome you just come in you got a lot of education and a lot of structure that we as an industry can help need that help right and we can learn from it and I always say this, 
Mikey always hear me say this. I think Warren Buffett said it in business, there will be mistakes. They just don't have to be yours, right? <laughs> and dude, we can learn from there. Learn from alcohol guys. Look at that. They, they, well, their distribution models is nice. Yeah. Even in action <laughs> sports, right? You, a big thing was the word poser. Oh yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, posers. Yeah, yeah. Um, Skaters, posers. Oh, right? you don't even yeah. skate. Yeah. You don't even surf, whatever. And then also the riders that would get sponsored become sellouts. And it's like that whole mentality is what I'm talking about where it's like, oh, you don't want someone to be successful. You don't want someone to make it. You don't want someone to be able to change other people's lives. Or, you know, even when Nike got into skating, right? That was a yeah. big deal. Now what? Those guys are Brad's and Chad's because they signed with Nike. It's like the best skaters in the world. You don't want them to get a check to be able to help their family and get on that platform. I don't think that to me, that's not selling out. To me, that's succeeding. Like, what were you oh, doing yeah. this whole time for? Evolution. Anyways? You're not doing, you're not grinding your heart out and trying to be the best at something just to stay at the bottom. But it's a threat to everyone else that didn't put in the work, didn't yeah. put in the time, wasn't dedicated, was just fucking around, Amen. playing around, yeah. not taking it serious. So I don't look at, um, you know, for a while, Tony Hawk's getting called a sellout, skateboarding, all this shit, like, right? It's <laughs> just like, no, I'm just saying like, like it could be anybody. It could be anyone to where it's like, oh, dude, that dude's a sellout now. He's like more of a, you know, looked at more as like a Brad or a Chad now because they elevate. And at the end of the day, it's, it's, that's really not it. It's really not the mentality that's going to help you uh, evolve in anything you're doing. And if you're just like, staying around and, and fucking around and playing around and not taking yourself serious well then by all means talk that way all you want yeah. but for the people that are real players in this shit that really take it serious that really put up everything they have into it for a matter of years let them fucking win yeah. let them succeed don't let wanna, that be a threat to you or if you want to go multi-state you know like what if you have big visions what if you want to be new york sure. la seattle the colorado you want them all you're right? not a player if you don't and you can't yeah. do that without. I don't a team. look. I don't. I don't, I yeah. don't take anyone serious that is just wanting to stay local. A local mindset to me is someone's just playing around. They haven't even. They have no vision. Yeah. Like I'm inspired by visionaries, people that evolve and elevate. Every single year you see them, they've done more and more and more and more. Yeah. You know the people that stay in the same place. You. What is there even to talk about, except for what's already happened. Yeah. And I, to me, I'd rather just die off somewhere. Like I'm good on all that. I, I want to talk about the future and today. Yeah. Nothing else. I you think know, what's done is done. Two with us being in the backyard of LA is look, if we can do it here, we can do it anywhere. Yeah, this is the Mecca. Uh, this is the Mecca. Everybody follows suit of what we do here. Yeah, I mean, I've done cannabis cups, like we said in Denver. We've done them all over. And I've seen how far behind these guys, pop tops, ziplocks. You know, and I'm like, whoa, Arizona was in pop tops a year or two ago and before 2020. You know what I mean? Like, so it's like, you know, I've seen all the evolution of cannabis, right? And we're on this journey. Just California is ahead of the curve. It really is the pioneer Mecca state. And like I said, if you can win and be successful in LA with that business model, take that and multiply it. You know where to go you're in the this is the most competitive marketplace around la it's the hardest to get into retails and it's the most saturated and it's the most competitive with the best products out there and the best marketing the best funding i mean you think about where we're at we're in the mecca so yeah. shout out to all the la brands that are out there yep shout yeah. out to all the innovators and people that aren't scared to take their brand and their business serious that aren't worried about what the fuck people think that are here to win 
and play the game at the highest levels. Because without those people, the game goes nowhere. Yeah. But right now, it's a global scene. You know, a lot of my homies that have top, top brands in California, they claim global now, not just the Cali brand. Yeah, yeah. Like, we're going global. Yeah. The product's already around the whole, whole world. 100%. The best products yep. already yep. travel everywhere. Yep. Yep. You see it everywhere. It's you go to global. Amsterdam, there's a fucking Cali menu. Yep. yep. At every single shop. Yeah. That's you know what I'm saying? Amen. So it's yeah. like, you are in Barcelona, same shit, right? You already, you know, Spain, all that. You already see that. So now Thailand's coming and all these oh, other yeah. places are coming. These are different regions, different markets. So now people from California or all, all around, right? It doesn't really matter what state you're in. You can have the dreams of being like, we're going to be global. Yeah. We're going to yeah. be fucking everywhere. We're not just going to be in the state or in the city. Yeah. Why would the, why would the dream stop there? You know? And, and, and look, it's like you said, it's going to take a team to do it. And you can't be worried about the Brad and Chad talk. That shit's for everybody that doesn't plan on doing nothing with their life. So fuck what they got to say. No one cares. No one even knows about them anyways. You know? And for the top guys saying the Brad and Chad talk, I hate to say your, 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 your movement's going stagnant because you're getting salty. And you got to just keep fucking blocking out the noise and keep the blinders on and keep pushing because this game needs it. You know, we're in need of it, like action sports and stuff like without those big companies and corporations coming in, it wouldn't have evolved. You know, it would have stayed more localized, yeah, which the whole world is globalizing now. If, if you if X people have everywhere realize yep, X Games is a good everything example is that. global yep. now. So yep. it's like the fucking Olympics. It's like, dude, it's. It's got to be global. Maybe UFC. That's yeah. the highest levels, right? To where people are now going to take it seriously. Be like, no, they're best in the world. Yeah. That's what like, I saw with MMA and, and, and Metal Militia from the transfer. I thought, look, not every kid can buy a four or $5,000 motorcycle. But any kid could go fight and go down to a gym and mop that place and get free coaching and yep. do that and become that's the best fact. fighter in his hood. So, like, I saw that transfer of, like, energy within the industry. Like, dude, you can only do two backflips at the time. Man, mind you, years later, they did the triple backflip. But mind you, people have died doing this stuff, you know? So at what point can the human body do these rotational flips and still land it and be in control, right? So I just saw that evolution of the action sports kind of thinning out a little. And I saw MMA really pioneering. And that's the globalness that we're talking about. You know, the global brands that are, you know, like I took Cloud to Amsterdam. We won best product there, 2013. That's global in 2013, you know, like Epic. Amsterdam. You know, that's that's cool stuff you know and i think like you said that's the visionary mindset and we do wear those hats too but you know our show's hyper focused california based right now no it's Mind still you, what you guys are doing we do it's got to get started yeah that was just more a message for the people that i always hear talking about brad and chad oh, it's yeah. such a negative connotation that yeah. i just can't even take those people serious i'm like yo you're not even a real player to me because you don't gotta you you're, you don't even know how to think on a level that the real players I know personally are thinking on already and already doing. They're already showing up for it. They're already making moves. They're already there in person making it happen. And when they go there, they got fans everywhere from different cultures. And it's crazy. It's crazy to see. And these other guys are sitting in their house all day online. Brad and Chad. It's like, Keep you guys warriors. shut the fuck up. Yeah. You're not saying shit. Yeah. Where's, your, where's, the com where's the conversation going? What else can you, you know? Or where's just, the contribution to the community? None. Where's, where's you know? the events? What are you doing to, to make this community better? What flower are you bringing? What hash hole did you make? What pro new product did you bring to network? You know, like, 
that's how you become we want to we want to build a stamp of legacy in this mm-hmm. business and i feel like we've done it with multiple you know products flower you know the network show there's a handful of things that we're a part of and i think that's our way of building our legacy and cementing it in there so look i ain't got to be the cool guy but i just want you to know that like i held it down through these years for these brands for these companies when i started gen x terpenes it was called trinity terpenes nobody knew what terpenes were i was so far ahead of the curve i was trying to sell terpenes to like everybody and they didn't even know what it was there wasn't even testing out for me yet. i was so ahead of my time that the business wasn't ready yet now flash you know 10 years later i'm here i am now i got a terpene business where everybody knows about terpenes they can add it to their drinks their food the edibles whatever you know so i think the evolution of cannabis and we just really want to mark ourselves as legacy people in there timestamp ourselves as look we are yeah. contributors look we help push this movement it's a movement it's really what it is it's a movement yeah for every sure. state's gonna need a, a network show like every state's gonna need that i already start thinking like new york's about to come online the best thing you can do one of my favorite things as a person is connecting two people that i know would do business or great business together even if you get nothing out of it i know that's not like the traditional businessmen they want some but like i love when i'm like oh this man okay hold on you and you guys should meet and that's literally what your show's about yeah I see mean, the magic okay. happen 100 percent. you want to root your boys to win you want to see these brands become successful and when they are it feels good to see that happen. yeah don't hold that great sh- we don't want people to hold that you know back in the traditional market is like that's my connect that's my no, club I loved it. I went and they're like you know where i met him oh where i met him at network show and i'm like that's dope yeah and th- that's not like that anymore like we can move freely. Let's work with each other, right? Yeah, so. people got to adapt and evolve. Like, yo, yeah. my boy Mikey got, got a good people brand back. too. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's where Slow you hear- Slow feet don't eat, right? That's where All you hear things, a lot of you know, that. Like, uh, adapt and evolve and change. Yes. And like, look at what we're doing. Like, we're creating magic. Shit's yeah. special. So, yeah. yeah. I, I knew from the get-go when I had the idea for the trade show and I saw the need for it, it was going to take more than just my distribution, my t- immediate team. And then- Dude, I approached a couple people in the industry and I got a lot of homies. They were like, what the fuck Hell are you no. talking about? Dude? Couldn't understand it. Yeah. No. Like, there's no way. First off, you're never going to get a permit, right? <laughs> so you're never going to convince the, the fire department. Thanks, mom. Right? And then- Shout out to dad. Yep. So Thank you. it took me like nine months to convince them to get it, the first one. And then yep. once I got it convinced, then I was able to approach these guys and like, hey, do you guys- uh want to make this together it's like throwing a party right you throw a party and you invite all your friends it's okay but if you tell a couple of your other friends to invite all their friends too oh man it's a fucking rager spreads and then they tell their friends to tell their friends they the brand tells their retailers it becomes a good thing for all of us right and let's just hope they're not calling the cops on us yeah (laughs) so once i get because you know those guys like to spoil good parties Where do you think the discount? Or retailers and brands. Yeah. Retailers and brands? The understanding of each other's fi- true finances. Mm-hmm. You know, you think he's driving a Ferrari. You think he's driving like got 500 acres and he just su- sits on that land and he has another farm somewhere down the way and you just ball in. Those good old days are over, you know. You see the true hard workers. Yeah, there's a couple out there, flashy guys and stuff like that, but the disconnect of understanding what the true margin is on the other side. And that's why I try to tell retailers, don't try to lowball your fucking brands. That means you're lowballing the whole supply chain. And at the end of the day, you're lowballing the cultivator, the farmer, the start of it all. 
And if they don't survive, they don't have a fair living, all of this comes to an end. All this legacy stuff, it's a history book now, a, a, a chapter. And we got to protect it, right? And that's a huge disconnect there. We got to make sure they survive. You don't lowball. And I think the smart retailers kind of understand that now. If I bought it for, I used to sell an eighth for 25. Let's just say some outdoor stuff. I'm selling it for 25 before tax. I used to buy it for $12.50, $10, you know, double, a little bit more than double. I can't go down to five and think I'm still selling it for 25. Eventually you're just selling it for, you know, like 10, 11 bucks, right? And you're making it like a $5 gross margin, but your cost per transaction, you're barely covering that. And then you go slowly, you slowly bleed. And I think a lot of retailers kind of had to figure out how low you can go before you're actually bleeding yourself so that that's why you see some retailers you know i know some guys they won't haggle with some brands they're like dude i'm gonna buy an indoor eighth at 30 bucks i'm gonna buy a solid depth eighth around 12 right an average indoor would be 17 right 15 bucks but like the boutique guys I, I i appreciate you i can put you on the shelf you're up there and then i got every other price point right and they understand that now i think it's better <laughs> at least the guys that are surviving you see the guys that are surviving and striving and they're actually doing well because they understand they got to take care of the supply chain too there's a couple guys uh you know like you see matt over in evergreen i'm from santa Ana, right so i just shout out a couple of shops in our santa Ana, like santa Ana. you got matt from evergreen ruse from tropicana even though they're neighbors they kind of have two different style dispensaries Matt, super high end, the boutique guys, right? Uh, Ruse over there All at the Tropicana, fire. right? He serviced like best value brands. He's like the Toyota. Yeah, it's good, you right? The Lexus he the, he makes sure that yeah. you get the value, and he has a little bit of everything else sprinkled in. He supports the local brands and stuff too. But they've come to understand like they gotta take care of their employees. They want them to be safe. They have a good pay, living wage. They want their brands to succeed. They pay their bills, you know, because they understand if I paid my distro, my distro can pay the brand who pays their employees, who paid that supply chain, the packaging person, the labor guy, every, it trickles trickle down, down. Yeah. right? Yeah. But it's just not there yet because of taxes and stuff, but we can work around it. We just got to get together and just work together because yeah. like you guys said, if not, the legacy guys get pushed out, goes all corporate. And yeah. then for the consumers, we suffer. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, at that point, they'll just grow outdoor fields yeah, and like plant them. And, yeah, exactly. It'll big be a commodity. Exactly. Bullshit, like tobacco. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Which would actually, sense. Hey, a lot of people think that might be bad, but I think that's actually pretty good. And really? this is my opinion on it. Like a lot of people would quit smoking. I know. No, I no, 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 no. I, I, I think it's going to be good for the industry. I got a different aspect on outlook on this, right? Those big mass farms, they're going to produce below average weed and it's going to sell for a price point. The good, good guys are going to sell at a high price point. It's like Ferrari and like a Kia or something like that, right? You guys, the high end indoor guys. You guys are fine in your lane. There's a plenty of humans on earth that want your stuff. That yeah. want your stuff. You yeah. will scratch out a great living being a boutique high-end brand. The other guys are gonna be mass market, shitty weed. 
But what's benefit, this is what I have a different outlook. What's good about it is it's at a price point that is acceptable for other non-users that want to be users, an entry point that's cheap. Once they can get in, they can develop their palette, what they want, what they're looking for, get become smarter as a consumer, and then gravitate towards that the higher end stuff, right? But if you just have a $90 eighth, there's no point of entry. As in never, I never smoked, but I, I wanna smoke. You know, quint cigarettes or whatever it is, or trying to do some other stuff, right? I don't, that's a hefty ask in today's economy, you know? And it helps, and it differentiates you guys. You guys just don't wanna be, piled up with them you should be able to differentiate. yeah i see your point that's yeah, interesting yeah yeah it's yeah, an interesting take i take a i look at a lot of business things you know yeah. and either just way, outside of other industries and just how they operate you can learn a lot either way we know it's inevitable it's going to evolve mm -hmm. it's going to be big business um and you know i think we can all agree one day it should be and probably will be legal so big business will get involved and yeah. it's there's no getting around that. Hey. It's more, yeah, find your place, find your market, build your brand and connect with your customers. Alcohol's kind of showing us that right now with the craft beer scene, right? It re yeah. kind of vamped up the last several years, what, five, 10 years, everybody's craft beer now. Everybody's got their niche. Those Fancy guys are probably packaging. doing great, right? They're finding their distribution channels. They're mm -hmm. doing well now. Very similar model. You know, Nam, trust me, he's opened my mind to a lot of things where I'm like, no, no big egg. Okay, I get it now. I, I see the other yeah. perspective, right? Yeah. But hey, Bud Light and the IPA survive on the same shelf yep. in the same community. So can we, you know? I'll just tell you this. There's people that are sitting on the bus stop <laughs> that can't buy a $90 eighth, but they want some weed too. And there's the guy that can't afford it. <laughs> and there's other people in all walks of life, right? And you see it in alcohol. There's Bud Light, Coors Light, and there's nice IPAs. And nice I think wine, cheap wine, two buck chucks, right? Yep. Good wine. And it's going to help. I'll tell you this. When state line opens up, California, like Northern California, especially outdoor greenhouse stuff, that's going to be really sought after. I think it just becomes the I Napa agree. and the Sonoma of you, like- You said it yeah. best. It's going to be It's hard to find after. that region. And it's you'll have that niche that customer. We get, we get that. Ooh in the next five to 10 years. Yeah. Before and, and, and like we yeah. talked about earlier though, like let's be real, like New Jersey can't do a full term all year. States across the Midwest can't do what California does. So yeah. there's Most. always gonna be a need for that AAA, that light depth, that greenhouse, because yeah, I mean, you can do greenhouse on the East, but you get what I'm saying. Yeah. The weather yeah. predominantly here is the Mecca. The environment this, once those lines open, it could just go parallel. Yeah, you boys are from necessary. Florida. Yeah. Grow yeah, out you're not grow outdoor in Florida. Florida. <laughs> in Tampa. Let's see what happens. Not happening. 80 to 90% humidity. humidity yeah. Humidity. What's been cool is we're watching Preferred Gardens Dave do oh, his man. thing. And he's always Master. interesting to watch. Master. And navigate different environments. I saw him out somewhere else and he's over here, different Arizona. states. And yep. I can only imagine what he's having to navigate yeah. right now. Yeah. yeah. It's cool yeah. to see the market evolve the way it has. And yep. The network show is the evolution where now brands can connect directly because if everyone remembers a prop 215 days, it was so you weren't meeting the owner. You were maybe most likely not meeting the buyer and you would have to meet them through another brand who's either already on the shelf or a friend. You cut all that bullshit out. Yeah, or somebody's picking up payment. You're like, dude, I'll go with you. Let me meet them, dudes. You know? Oh, it was madness. It was really madness before. And then 
a lot of dispensary owners wouldn't want to meet with brands. Nope. They're nope. like, why, why would I do that? Yeah. So this cuts through all that. And I can see the demand and the need for this every single state that's going legal. Yeah. Like epic idea, great business and dope partnership. What? So networkshow.co, October 3rd, 4th, 4th and 5th, October 4th and 5th, 5th. it's in, in LA. Yeah. Uh, what about socials? Uh, socials is network underscore show. Instagram. At Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. So it. if you're a brand, if you're a buyer, you're a dispensary owner, you're a bud tender, anything in that realm, reach out. This is exactly what you need to be. Yeah. You guys at. should sign up. You guys are going to meet the best 200 brands, right? There's all kinds of brands from edible flowers, vapes, everything, pr different price points, indoor, outdoor, everything, right? We try to curate. So a retailer can come and find anything for their store, right? Um, yeah, to come, it's, it's going to be great. Get a part of it now. And if you guys don't make it this year, definitely plan to make it next year. Um, support what you guys are doing. It's really yeah. dope. Thanks boys. Um, Thanks for having us I know us it's on not here. easy to do these types of things and yeah. get, these types of groups together to make the time yeah so and i can tell you guys are coming from a good place and doing it um with an open mind and thank open you. heart so it's really dope to see yeah, and thank you just keep pushing keep doing what you guys are doing for real appreciate yeah. it we, uh we, yeah, we do this it. we don't really make a lot of money off this that's why it's free for all the retailers to attend uh for our exhibitors you know it covers our cost of the rental of the nice venue the build out the marketing and some other stuff but you know we do it for their for the culture, for the this Keep industry, this the culture community, forward, man. this yeah. community, right? Like we do it for this community because it, it's just needed. No, you guys are right, bro. It's been a pleasure having you guys on. Um, any shout outs, anything you guys want to close out with? Yeah, shout yeah. out to Uncle Wayne, man. Yeah, behind Wayne. the scenes on a lot of these events. Yeah. Shout out yeah. to Barney. It's crazy too, because uh, a lot of respect to Uncle Wayne, because like I just met him what, maybe two weeks before the first network show. That yeah. was my fault. Right? That was yeah. my fault. And he just brings him around and I'm like, I'm stressed out. Like I got a Wayne distro running, I'm yes. opening up a manufacturing, I have my security company coming online, right? Uh, and I got, I'm doing the trade show. I'm like get, trying to convince brands, even my our closest homies are like questioning us, you know? <laughs> yeah. right? Like. I'm not gonna lie. When he yeah, first said, talked about it, I didn't understand the concept. It was yeah. over my head. So I'm glad we did this episode because I think this really explains it, and people can have an open Absolutely. mind yeah. to be like, you it's know a lot what? To that is necessary to keep moving forward. That is why we're not having better sales and more connection with you know what people want and what they're thinking. Yeah. Get on the same page. Yeah. Shout out to Uncle Wayne, man. Because yep. when I met him, I was like, oh, hey, this is what. I was thinking, yeah, you're good, right? Yeah. It's a catchphrase. <laughs> yeah, I can make that happen. Oh, Uncle Wayne's a, a beast, man. He's yeah. a beast. He's a yeah. blessing. Uncle He's Wayne. a well, Wayne's kind heart, paid to say no, hard worker. Not to say no, yeah. so. <laughs> sure, we can build whatever yeah. you want. Yeah. Is yeah. it in the budget? He will get it done, though. That's how he, he tells me no. He's like, is it in your budget? No. No. All right. <laughs> it's yeah. so crazy because as we talk and the conversation evolves, I just keep thinking of more reasons why this is needed. It's so crazy. Even to be able to talk as a brand, to a distributor and be like, what's your turnaround time to get me on the shop? Like, cause that's yeah. a big thing. A lot yeah. of distributors will take product and be like four to six weeks later, we'll get it to the shop. Yeah. Like, no. or, or whenever we have time. Yeah. Just like, manage those expectations. Yeah. yeah. You have yeah. to yeah. have those conversations, manage that expectation. Like, Hey, look, this is the reality of it. When you give me the bulk, it's going to take me about X amount of time 
before it hits the sales team. And then from there, it's going to take X amount of time to get it onto the shelf and then move off the shelf and get your money back. Now, does that work? No, it doesn't work. Okay, what works for you? Well, let's figure it out. Well, what works for me? <laughs> Vital conversations for the consumer to win. Yeah. Really is. At the end of the day, the consumer will win. They will have... The new consumers will have a quality product, a fairly decently quality product at a fair price that they can enter the market and then discover their palate and what they truly like. And then from there, they can go into some indoor stuff. They can go some outdoor regenerative farm stuff, which is really great. And then some greenhouse, mixed light, whatever it may be, they can figure out they want to do edibles, drinks. They'll have that nice option at the best affordable price while keeping the supply chain alive because you keep the supply chain from the farmer to the retailer alive and afloat and surviving then we have consistency and that's what a lot of consumers want is consistency out of their product tired of change do you go to a liquor store and go hey man can i get a soda what kind of soda do you have today uh, you go like hey i just want a coke or a pepsi or you know seven up or whatever it may be you have that consistency. You pop it up, you drink it. It's the same all the time, right? You fall in love with that brand. You fall in love with that brand that changes it up all the time. They're just like that that breeder that's dropping his next his next pheno, right? That you just discovered. There's those that's that customer for that. And there's the guy that's just like, hey, you know what? I'm coming home from work. I got five minutes to pull over. I just want my Bud Light and move on with my day, right? And <sighs> That's Absolutely. all good too. <laughs> yeah. It's all good too. There's people that smoke all walks oh, yeah. of life. And I smoked I, with all kinds of crazy people. <laughs> yeah. It's one of my favorite things to do. Yeah. <laughs> October 3rd, 4th, and 5th, man. The no, network just, show. No. 4th and 5th. October 4th and 5th. Just the 4th. Two, yeah, two days. Yeah, just two days. Just two days. Twice. But we'll be there the day before, it's, too. It's third is set up for us. That's why he says it because we we'll all be there the third, there. man. Yeah, we yeah, would yeah, yeah. come make yeah. some deals the day before, dude. Pac's doing the setup. He's doing load in. Pac will be in there. Hey, you'll see You'll see me there. I'll have a walkie talking in For the sharp people, you'll be there the third. No. Fourth and fifth, the fourth trade, and fifth trade show dot co and or no network, network show dot co yep. and at network underscore show on Instagram. Correct. Correct. Yeah, absolutely. Got it right yeah. third time. Third time. Yeah, it's right. <laughs> All the butt tenders, buyers, owners sign up. It's free for you guys. Right. Come meet the brands. Enjoy a beautiful day. It's going to be a nice October day. Yeah. It's beautiful venue. Fire food. Yeah. We great got the food. Munchies. We got the good we didn't food just there. Try you know? to get like any of random food trucks nope. there we try to make sure but fire. we try to make sure it's nice food um, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's it's a good experience yeah. dope man you appreciate you guys uh mikey nam and my man shay man appreciate you guys yeah, for real thank you. network thank show you. let's get it don't yep. miss it don't First miss it thank day, you boys man. for having yeah, us man Blessings. appreciate it shout right. out to you thank boys you. man keep paving the way thank you we're out Peace. yep oh shit i lost the link Oh, it's right here. If you like this episode, watch more. Click right here. Right here.